Hi, welcome to the Crafted Quill Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen St. Clair and Sadie K. Frazier. And we're coming to you live from the Inked Fairy Lounge. It's time to settle into a big comfy chair, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and open your minds as we bring you a creative concoction of thought-provoking conversation and topics to stimulate your mind. In the first segment, we bring to you The Grind, where we discuss books, authors that wrote them, and everything in between. In the second segment, we bring to you The Melange, a brilliant mix of exploring creativity in every form and pondering unadulterated topics to dissect, discover, and dream of one day becoming. In the final segment, we bring to you The Poor, where we share liquid knowledge for the mind and offer helpful hints that lead to success and inspire you to find your own creative paths. Our hope, as we bring it all full circle, is to create hope within, to set your minds, hearts, and brilliantly creative souls on fire. This is podcast number three, Love Potion number nine, The Making of a Good Love Story. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to our newest special edition podcast. I am Stephen St. Clair, and my lovely co-host with me is... Sadie K. Frazier. And we thought we'd do a special uh, dedication podcast to commemorate Valentine's Day. So we titled this one, Love Potion Number 9, The Makings of a Good Love Story. And the first segment we've dubbed the grind swipe what tonight we're talking about love sex romance and the makings of a good love story Ooh la la. seems only appropriate since it's valentine's day don't you think i think so so who do we have to blame for valentine's day uh one one google search there i looked up uh gave the results of the origins is in the Roman festival of Lupercalia, held in mid-February. The festival, which celebrated the coming of spring, included fertility rites and the pairing of women with men by lottery. That and doesn't it doesn't seem very fair, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of depends on who you're paired with. That's true. So at the end of the 5th century, Pope Galatius I replaced Lupercalia with St. Valentine's Day. So do you remember your Valentine's Day from when you were a kid? What was your favorite part? Valentine's cards at school? Or the party and treats? Or candy hearts with messages to your secret admirer? What was your favorite part? Well, one year, I think I was in second grade, we made a Valentine's Day mailbox. Where we all got up and distributed our love-laden letters of intimacy. <laughs> to all of our classmates. What about you? I don't know. It depends on what age. I always hated when it was a secret admirer and you had no idea who it was. 
like people would just smile at you from across the room. <laughs> You'd be like, um, which one of these? Because I got a lot of secret admirer ones, and nobody would ever put their name. And I'm like, I don't know who loves me and who just well thought I was cute. Well, you were beautiful, so you probably had lots of admirers. My very favorite admirer is one, some certain special that I got a love note in church one day that said he was going to marry me someday. How'd but that work out? We'll get to that part a little bit later when we tell our story. All right. So, in talking about Valentine's Day and all that other love stuff, let's talk from an author's point of view. I'm going to read what the Bible, a.k.a. Wikipedia, defines as a romance novel. Although the genre is very old, the romance novel or romance novel discussed in this article is the mass market version. So, like Harlequin and ones like that. Now, novels of this type of genre, fiction, place their primary focus on the relationship and romantic love between two people. It must have an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending. I think that's what we all hope for in love in the first place. There are many subgenres of a romance novel. There's fantasy, historical romance, paranormal fiction, science fiction. Um, I think they forgot to mention Scottish historical romance. Hmm. Your genre. That's right. Romance novels are read primarily by women. But what do you think, guys? Is this true? Any males out there willing to admit their love of romance novels? Little secret thing kept hidden from the rest of the world that you hide away in your little cubby hole and read romance uh, novels on the side? If you're an author, you should study your competition. That's and very true. If you're going to write in a genre called romance... A, you have to kind of be good at it to begin with and know what the heck you're talking about. B, it helps, like I said, I, it helps having experience in that part. That's very true. Um, this says that the term romance is also applied to a type of novel defined by Walter Scott as a fictitious narrative in prose or verse, the interest of which turns upon marvelous and uncommon incidents. A thriving genre of works conventionally referred to as romance novels existed in ancient Greece. Other precursors can be found in the literary fiction of the 18th and 19th centuries, including Samuel Richardson's sentimental novel, Pamela or Virtue oh, Rewarded, which I've never Pamela. heard of, <laughs> Naughty and girl. the novels of Jane Austen, which we talked about earlier, too. Um, there's, just, there's a lot of them. This one, there's several of them that listed on here as romance novels, but it looks like it goes back as far as like 1751. Makes me wonder what, clear back then, how they defined romance compared to nowadays. Nowadays we have social media, we have all kinds of benefits when you're, you know, t in the dating scene now. Uh, well, I think also in, you know, society kind of dictated properness or not, and then you had, you know, if you had a ghostwriter, you know, you couldn't you, you couldn't narrow down, hey, is that, you know, is, is that Cousin Bob next door writing that very stuff? True. Or so it's... I know. don't feel like it would have been very risque back in the day either. No, and if you had a, most of the writers are probably male. So if you had a woman ghostwriter, they would have used a male name. That's true. Very true. So what makes a good love story? Not just in novels, but in real life. Uh, what makes a good love story? Well, good love story really is boy meets girl, 
could be boy meets boy, girl meets girl. This is true. I mean, if we're going to keep a modern modern times, we got to throw out the whole spectrum there. Person meets person and falls in love. Love is love. Dog meets cat. Cats meet. No, that's <laughs> no. That might be all. That, that's just our dogs and cats. Over. So, speaking in uh, author experience. Um, when my first series came about, my first book, Kindred Souls, Voyage of the Scotsman, uh, we had already been watching a particular TV show that is on a particular network, which I will remain anonymous in that sense, just for, you know, just in case. I don't, ha I don't have lawyer money, so. Um, but anyways, I drew inspiration from this particular show, but I'd also been doing genealogy in one little whispering turned to another and it turned into a story but I was like no I want to add real life love into it so writing a love story of sorts you can't just not pull from your own life experience wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? I would say so yours had a good compilation of all the factors that make a good love story too I think what about your book, Love there's Sam? Not, there's not. You didn't have too much of anything in yours, yeah. one way or the other. So. Now, now, you took a different spin, though, in Love Sam. Yep. I know you're not a big fan of, like, Nicholas Sparks' tragic outcome type of love stories, are you? No, <laughs> I'm not. He's a horrible person. But he's very popular, and he's a multi-million dollar bestseller who makes movies also. He likes to swoon the ladies and let them down hard. That's right. Boy, that sounds bad. But sometimes it is necessary to capture the hearts of your readers to throw in some tragedy to triumph. In Love, Sam, the character that I have is a personal experience of mine, someone that I knew from uh, junior high, and unfortunately he did have a terminal illness. So despite wanting or even needing the epic love story to have... Um, you know, an epic ending and make them fall in love forever and ever and ever. It just wasn't going to happen. So despite the outcome, the story needed to be told. So sometimes there is that component to it also. Sometimes it doesn't end in happily ever after. Sometimes it makes a few twists and turns and detours in order to get there as well. So now spe Speaking of happy, I'm going to go back to a word that I said in the initial um, start. Sex and romance. Uh, members of the audience, how do you feel about that in your books? And I'm ad-libbing at the moment, but it gets back to my first book. Uh, I knew from the get-go I did not want to write a steamy romance novel. If I want that stuff, it, I, I don't care for it in books personally. I don't like the details and the ooh-la-las. I like to let my imagination wander a little bit. So when I wrote Kindred Souls, Voyage of the Scotsman, I wrote how I was feeling at the particular time but I had to have my wife read it and I'm like alright look if this is too much tell me I will go back and change it and she read it and she looked at me and she looked at it again she goes this is perfect don't change it exactly and I'm like thank you I meant it from real size of life not from like a pornographic standpoint and I was targeting anybody who's ever been in a real life situation where you were caught up in the heat of the moment 
that's kind of how you and I started out in the heat of the moment. Sort of. Very much. Sort of. It wasn't all just fire and stuff. No. And I would say from my perspective, even though I'm a girl, I shy away from sex scenes in, not just in movies, but also in, um, especially in books, I would say. If I pick up a true romance novel, like say by a Harlequin romance, one like that, I know exactly what I'm what to expect. I know there's going to be sex, lust, drama, strewn throughout it. I would expect that. But if I pick up a supernatural, medical thriller, crime fiction novel, something like that, I'm on the edge of my seat. My brain is thinking through the facts already, like the the whodunit checklist. I'm already ready to convict the killer in court, and whammo. The victim stops to have very graphical, detailed sex with her ex-boyfriend for the third time and then deeply regrets it, and we end up spending the next two pages explaining why she shouldn't have given in to him again. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hmm. For me, my interest is now lost, and I'm quickly skimming the lines and ignoring any content relating to that scene. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I, I actually, we've been to our local uh, Goodwills and whatnot, and I've, I've said, you know, if I'm going to write any more in this, I need to do some homework. So I've, I've picked up a few romance books of sorts. I didn't, and I, to be honest, I, I've actually not ever read them yet. So that's my bad. But it will be interesting to see what they're like. It could be like steam-filled, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, hey, hey, hey baby, you want to try what's in this book? But as an author, I like I said a, a few minutes ago, I want to keep it. I don't want to turn off my readers, so if, if you're the type of reader that likes that stuff and likes, you know, steam coming from your pages and whatever. Then, then that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. For you. Freedom of the press, baby. Yep. That's very true. So now that we're off topic, where do we need to go? That's okay. I kinda, we kind of jump rails here. That was just kind of a little brief teaser. Um, not next, we're going to come back to you and we're going to talk about the love potion number nine. And we're going to talk about the nine things that revolve around love or falling in love. Be right back. Uno momento. Go get yourself some candy hearts or chocolate. We'll be right back. Chocolate, strawberries. Whipped cream. Whips and chains. Stop it. Lubricate. Oh, I'll be right back. Peace out. And howdy everybody. We're in the second segment called the Melange. We've dubbed this one called the Hookup. Yeah, baby. Guys and girls, you know what we're talking about called the Hookup. This segment though, we're going to talk about the nine things that revolve around love or falling in love. 
So what? What's? You remember back in the day when you'd listen to radio station? At least I did, and you'd hear Delilah. That oh, was yeah. that was terrible. I used to love Delilah when I was dating back in high school, and I even one particular time wrote a letter to my first girlfriend, and I asked for a particular song, and I wish I could remember what that song was. It was probably something cheesy like Richard <laughs> Marks or probably but right here waiting for you. <laughs> music is a very important aspect of falling and being, keeping things in love and. So, uh, my beautiful wife and I uh, kind of composed a short list of just songs. The list isn't real long. We didn't want to do. We, I think we actually pulled from uh, Billboard.com, best love songs ever. Uh, the number one, and I actually remember this song, and I, I still would listen to it. It's Endless Love by Donna Summer and Lionel Richie. Yep. Number two, we'll flash forward. Uh, maybe 20 years, maybe less. Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. How about Back in Time with the Bee Gees, How Deep Is Your Love? And one of my favorite songs, which I actually played earlier while I was making some uh, Valentine's Day pizza pie, Silly Little Love Songs by Wings. And number five on that list of music is I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. That's the most popular ones it's around. Very popular. And uh, I'm going to th throw in between the R&B music and the country, I'm going to throw in a good I'm sorry song because where there is love, sometimes there are mistakes made. And there's a Christian artist, David Kaufman, uh, I would say in the mid or late 90s, could be earlier than that. There's a song called I'm Sorry that... Uh, I won't go into great lengths, but it just, it's a very good song of um, falling down and getting back up with the person you love or just in relationships in general. So if you have a chance to go out there and uh, pull up that song, listen to it, and really, really listen to the meaning of what David is trying to describe in his song. But in the country genre of love songs, we put seven songs and uh, feel free to uh, start singing at the top of your lungs. The first one that we picked out was The Dance by Garth Brooks. Now, remind me what The Dance is about. Dancing with he's, your partner? No, that one he's talking about basically no matter what you've gone through, there might be trials, tribulations, all the bad stuff in between, but he's saying that no matter what they went through, if he would have not met her if they would have not stayed together if they wouldn't have worked their way through it he would have missed the dance see now on the flip side of that i was thinking of the thunder rolls that's oh, a bad yeah. song that's a cheating song yep. and you got to have some cheating songs in there too i suppose but um the next song is uh kind of mine and my wife's theme song for early in our relationship check yes or no uh my notes on my sheet says to tell her story so i won't tell all 20 years of our love story but yeah because we're going to talk about that in an old love too so yeah maybe we'll, not we'll break it into parts detail, but tell that part about check yesterday yeah so i've known my wife since 1985 and flash forward um 
I wrote a little love letter to her when we weren't quite officially together. I think, was it in chat form? Oh, yeah, yeah it was chat form. And we were, I think we were talking or emailing back and forth chatting. And I said, well, we all, we've, we all know the, the song by George Strait, check as or no. And she didn't want to quite tell me yes or no, so I got... I wanted to talk to you in person. I didn't want to just check yes or no without... But the problem with that is I lived a few hundred miles away, actually like 175. So I got flustered and I tore off in the middle of the night and drove north, not knowing where I was going completely. Cause got lost along the way. Got lost along the way, like every love story tends to do. And ended up in my arms somehow. So. And then I was amazed, as in amazed by Lone Star. <laughs> Boy, that was a good segue. Nice segue. And then I was thinking, man, don't take the girl by Tim McGraw. <laughs> I'm not purposely trying to do this. That one used to tear my heart apart when I would eat, when I would hear that one. That one was just... that. That's a good 90s song, Don't Take yeah. the Girl. Uh, number six on that country music list is God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. One of our faves. And another 90s hit song by Edwin McCain and or Kelly Coffee, whichever way you want to lean on that, if you like the male or the female version. I could not ask for more. And that, that really is a good song. It's, it, I want to say it's an inner appreciative song that like, if you pull up the lyrics, you'll listen, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's just, it's coming from a place in each person's life when you're just, things are perfect. Right? Yep. So on number two list, my co-host is going to talk to you a little bit about that. Yep. We're going to talk about, so number two on that list would be books. So I guess that would be uh, more like romance novels since we're talking love today. Um, Outlander is one of the ones that is one of our very favorite shows. Um, I guess when I'm talking about Outlander also by Diana Gabaldon, um, do you think that romance is better on screen or when you're reading about it? That would be a good example because she's got novels that are probably six or seven hundred pages of a lot more detailed information. A um, lot of stuff in her books. A lot more scenes that are more graphic, more in de detail and things you, like that. You know what I like too is seeing the comments on the social media pages where People complain about well, why didn't they put that in there? Why didn't they put that in there? That was so much better. Read the book, then, people. Right, and I have never read those books, so I don't have anything to compare. There's others that will dissect every part of the book once they're watching the actual show, and complain one way or the other. You know which one is better. I prefer to watch it on the screen. I think I would get lost in some of the details. I would it would lose some of besides that if Jamie wasn't on there to look at while I was watching it or to see his interaction with Claire, I think it'd be missing a whole lot. I'm kind of a Lord John Gray fan. Well yeah, I know that. But, but you know. I'd like to watch them. On the other side of that too is the books that you wish were on the big screen or even on TV. Sometimes you read a book and you can picture every second of it um, being able to be seen on TV like that. Um, Gone with the Wind is another one um, that they report as being the number one romance novel by Margaret Mitchell, which we all know has gone up on the big screen and I would hope everybody has seen that movie by now. I have not seen that 
My husband has not seen the movie. I've not seen along it. Along with Grease, along with, excuse me, The Sound of Music. Come on. We're going to make sure that that happens very soon, though. Um, some other books, romance novels, would be the Jane Austen series of books. Um, Danielle Steele is one of my favorite authors. Um, she has a lot of romance novels, but she also has th all the stuff that I like thrown into the crime fiction, medical thriller, stuff like that, um, which I like in a romance novel. Also, I like, you know, some extra things thrown in there like that, too. Romeo and Juliet. Everybody heard of that one? That would be another um, very popular romance book. And then, like I mentioned before, any of the Harlequin romance books would be true traditional romance novels also. Um, like I said, that I'm not really a big fan of that genre, but many, many, many women are and like to read those in the privacy of their own homes. Um, okay, I was going to read a quote that I think, you know, I love in a good romance novel. I agree with what, what she says. It's Joan Schalhafer of Pocket Books says, women will pick up a romance novel knowing what to expect, and this foreknowledge of the reader is very important. When the hero or heroine meet and fall in love, maybe they don't know they're in love, but the reader does. Then a conflict will draw them apart, but you know in the end they'll be back together and preferably married or planning to be there by page 192. <laughs> yeah, um, sometimes it's nice when you know what to expect, but I kind of like the ones that take detours and twists and turns, like I said, and leave you guessing the rest of the time on if they're actually going to end up together or not. Yeah, you have to. It's kind of like in our other podcast we made mention of Man on the High Castle. Um, I, I have no doubt that that book, if there's books for that, which I hope so, there are a lot of switchbacks between oh, yeah. characters and sometimes all the characters come together at one um, bottleneck and so as a reader, uh, I, I don't think I've read too many books that create confusion unless I'm falling asleep and it's 11.30 at night and I'm smacking myself with a book. Then I, for then I forget where I'm at and I'm like, oh, heck, start over. Speaking of, you said something about kind of love stories that all come together like that in mm -hmm. different, different scenes. We just watched a good one uh, here not too long ago on Amazon Prime called Modern Love. And it was like seven or eight different little mini, mini series, maybe 20 minutes or so, about each individual person and their stories. And some of them revolved around love. There was one that had daddy issues that I didn't like on that one. Um, they were, it was a really cool story. Not all of them were like male-female love. One was just about raising a child on her own and a father figure who was there for her also. Um, but in the end it showed, it kind of brought it all together and showed how all of them interacted with each other and how they had met and stuff. It was just kind of one of those kismet types of movies. Just just an FYI, just a little side note there. Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies, let's talk about a few that... This is number three, by the way. Number three out of nine. <laughs> um, so movies that still probably remain popular to this day. How about good old-fashioned You've Got Mail? Uh, we all know the characters. I believe it's was it Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Yep. Uh, number two is uh, my arch nemesis, Nicholas Sparks. My favorite one. It's got to be the notebook. Notebook. Uh, Th that was Night a good one. Nights in Rodanth. I really, really like too. 
He's shaking his head no. He does not like the tragic ending type. I don't like Romeo and Juliet type love stories, and I'll just quickly tell you. happy ending. Yeah. Life is tragic enough. In the end, we all know blah, blah, blah. But I like a good love story so that I can step out of life for a while and, you know, whatever. That's very true. Speaking of tragic love stories, what's the next one on your list? (laughs) <laughs> one of our favorites. P.S. I love you. That and was a good one. That, that was a good one, but boy, you better be prepared for the first part of the movie. Yep. And back in the 90s, we go back to uh, Robin Hood with Kevin Cosner. And then a more modern movie again. Um, we like this one. We watch it maybe once every couple of years, April Fools. Actually, I think, are you talking about Leap Year? Yes, not April it's Fools. It's called April it, Fools. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, it's Leap Year, yeah. I believe. Somebody check us out there and tell us if it's if we're not right. Yep. It, it's a good show. And the last one, this one has lasted the, the decades called Casablanca. Very timeless, classical, black and white film. Unless you have it in color. I've only ever seen it black and white. Yeah, they probably have it in color by now. We forgot two very important ones in our own life. Number one would be Karate Kid. Karate Kid. We kind of fell in love to uh, the yeah. music and the movies. 1985. And how about Lady Hawk? Lady Hawk. Oh. One of our very favorite. Which, funny enough. Oh, Electric Dreams. Electric Dreams. Uh, Karate Kid had a theme song by Peter Cetera. Yeah. Which had to deal with I'll be a knight, whatever. I am a man. There you go. (laughs) And then in Lady Hawk, uh, Rudger Hauer's character was a knight in quest for his accursed love. So there are are a ton more movies out there that I'm sure everybody can think of. Uh, Feel free to email us or call our hotline and we'll supply those at the end. With your favorite movies, books, and all that other good stuff. Yes? Number four. Number four. Would be food. Food. Everyone can relate to food when you first fall in love. Uh, what's what's the first thing you think of when you think of love and food? Or Cho- Valentine's Day. Chocolate. Yep. Chocolate. Chocolate. Sweets of any kind. Strawberries and chocolate. Strawberries and chocolate. Um, there are... Other foods known as aphrodisiacs, such as oysters. We we were looking that up the other night for this podcast, and there was all kinds of stuff on there, like pomegranate seeds, and watermelon was like the number one aphrodisiac. Anybody have any experience with that? Because I've never <coughs> associated watermelon with bow chicka wow wow. I think pumpkin pie was on there, and that yeah, might be legit. Were also I saw an actual study on that years ago that that's actually more geared towards men. The smell of pumpkin pie. Well, actually, well, not actually. I don't, I've never experienced it, but it's supposed to give arousal to men. Which, in a twisted sixth sense of whatever way, ha- happy turkey reminds day. you of your mother. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We, we'll just That's skip over right. that one. Uh, wine and champagne, alcoholic beverages like that would be up there, too. Comfort foods, I would say. Um, could be foods to fall in love with. That's the first thing that we kind of wanted to do too is I wanted to make all my favorite recipes for you, like my family recipes, and share that part of my life with you. 
um, Stephen, when we first got together, the very first night we were together, made me shrimp Alfredo. And I don't think it would have mattered what he made because my ex-husband didn't cook or help with cooking in any way. So um. I just was super impressed there was a man. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing sexier than a man standing in my kitchen cooking beside me and dreaming up the next recipe to make I together. I have always tried to be very well-rounded. Sometimes one of my rounded edges is in a little flat. <laughs> and so I'm rolling and rolling, thunk, sharp, thunk, thunk, rolling, rolling, rolling. So, you know, we, we sometimes too life our armor picks up a few dents and scratches. But that's what love's about. That's right. Uh, next on our list of nine is dates. Number five. What do you, what do, you do on a date? Sadie, have you ever been on? Obviously, if you get dates with me, but, you know. Yeah. One of my first dates was probably a movie. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good date place. And a good a safe place. I've uh, I've had somebody hold my hand during a movie before, and lean over and kiss me on the cheek and make me think we're going somewhere. And then as soon as the movie was over with, got in the car and he said, "I wasn't really feeling that. I don't think I'm interested in you." And I went home crying to my dad. <laughs> I was like. How does this happen? I was this. That was the like rejection to the max there. So, um, besides that, what is another date thing that you can think of? Oh, I'm at a fancy restaurant. Uh, you know, if you got the money, why not? Something a little bit more adult related. Um, weekend getaways or hotel. Or in an Airbnb, uh, something I wish wish my wife and I could go do. Uh, how about a romantic cruise? They may not be the best for those of you who are afraid of water. True. Or being on water and taking cruises where everybody ends up getting like a norovirus or yeah. That, that's not my idea of romance. You holding my hair back while I puke my guts out afterwards might be still mm -hmm. romantic. but you Which know. might make walking in the park or a movie night at home seem very good. Those are my kind of dates. Or the Ever Classic by, F am I thinking Phil Vassar, is that right? I think so. For Domino's Pizza by the Candlelight. Yeah. We've had a few of those nights when uh, we've been married for a while. We have kids. Everything's planned. Mom and Dad got the babysitter set up. We're going to go out for a nice romantic town, night on the town. About half an hour before we get ready to go out. Mommy, I don't feel so well. Running 103 fever. All right. Into the bathtub to cool down. Miss Megan Emily Sinclair. <laughs> and we end up with Domino's Pizza and the candlelight while the child is cooling down in the bathtub. Which leads way to... Slow dancing in the rain, or if it's not raining, you have picnics. Yeah. But to get to the picnic, sometimes you have to take a long drive in the country. And if you plan ahead or don't plan ahead and you stop by a gas station, you know. That's right. And if you if it's late at night, another romantic thing is if you're just out with your your honey or your sweetie and you're looking at, looking at the stars, or you know what? Just go get lost in the woods. Stay away from the poison ivy, though. Yeah. That's the wrong kind of sexiness. Okay, number num, number six. <laughs> social media. 
So, like I mentioned earlier, things are a lot different as far as falling in love than they used to be. Um, now we have social media. We have Facebook where you can find long lost loves that you haven't been able to locate, college sweethearts, things like that. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, all kinds of dating apps, which is where the swipe left comes from. What is their Tinder? And oh, goodness. That's about all I remember. Um, do you remember the song, If You Like Pina Coladas and Getting Lost in the Rain? It's one of your favorite songs. Mm -hmm. um, people used to take out personal ads in the newspapers and fall in love that way. Now I don't think that'd probably be a safer option. Craigslist, too. Stay away from Craigslist and for meeting, dating. And people don't. You know, on the flip side, too, for those that have been married for a while, people want to move too fast, honestly. And some, I think I think the, um, the social media apps kind of take a little fun out of it. You know, there's... Back when there wasn't cell phones, you'd hang around the house and you'd be like, did you show the phone ring? Or you go and check your yeah. your voicemail on the voice machine and oh no, no calls. And how many you have? You have zero calls. So now they have this thing on cell phones where you're, you're they're ghosting you if they don't yep. want to hear from you. So social media set aside. Uh, how about first dates? Number what, seven. Number seven. What is something everyone remembers about their first date? How about a first kiss? Hello. Holding hands for the first time. Is it me you're looking for? Mm, yes. <laughs> Waiting for the first call after the date. To, see, nowadays it'd be, it might be a text, That's or true. Um, to see if it was meant as much to you as it did them. And I hope this might be a little bit on the traditionalist side. Meeting the parents. That was the most terrifying part, probably, is having to introduce somebody to my parents and be like, it's, it'll be okay, I promise. My dad might look like he's going to kill you, but I promise he won't. Maybe. Maybe. How, um, about, how about number eight? Number eight, falling in love. Do you re first remember falling in love? What do you remember most? And most especially young love. Do you remember those phone calls late into the night after you started falling in love and you would just stay up for hours and hours and hours talking on the phone, maybe days? You might walk to a payphone in the middle of the pouring rain. Huh. Oh, wait. That. that was us. That was us. <laughs> I remember couldn't wait to get home to use the phone until my dad got home and then I had to get off the phone. Yeah. And then I spent the whole evening in my bedroom or when I was able to work. Thinking about that other person. I remember back in, well, elementary, but we, we're still doing it in our day and age in high school, passing love notes in school. Do you remember the, it looks like origami, but you fold up the notes and they you lift up the little flaps and they each have a different message and they had numbers on them, you had to count them. And, um, I remember walking to class holding hands the first time you get to meet their families. Especially mm -hmm. like birthdays, holidays. That's a nerve wrack right there. Yeah. But knowing that you have that that person, your person with you, kind of made it all that much sweeter. Yeah. Bumping feet under the table or yeah. sitting in church next to them. All right. <laughs> the was 
Yeah. So this is number nine. So the number nine is what makes love work? The beginning stages of love. About the first thing you see is the person, you know, what do they look like? The outer appearance. Or there's the flip side, like what do you put into it? Do you, you know, when you're getting dressed up to, you know, you want to you want to woo that person. Like you want you want all your 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 dominoes in line there. Uh, you want to smell good for the gals, you want your makeup to look good. You I know. still think it's important to you know, no matter how long you're married, to still get up and go on the date once in a while, yeah, absolutely. get dressed up and go out. Which is the next little bit, but um Love letters. doesn't matter really how long you've been married for. I think love letters are important. Um, I think one of the cool things about being an author is uh, my wife has been my inspiration for uh, several things I've written about and I used kind of our relationship or I would imagine what we would do or say in that situation in the book. So... Uh, phone calls. Yep. Sneaking a phone call. Yep. Wishing you could be on the phone because you were grounded. Never wanting to be the first person to say goodbye. All right, yeah. You that, hang up first. <laughs> that, that always sucked really bad. How about the S word? When you get to that point, whether Snoopy? it's... Snoopy? slam a dong um, there might be a better word for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with the word sex. Sex. <laughs> the S word. Whether you plan it or it just happens, spur of the moment, acts of passion, alcohol-fueled or not, or it's just looking into that other person's eyes and leaning in for a kiss and 2.5 two <laughs> minutes later. No, I'm just kidding. You know what? What was the most uncomfortable thing about first falling in love? <laughs> Try the 2.5 minutes. <laughs> no. no, I'm just kidding. That would be probably having to behave and be on your best behavior. And yeah, it was. It's, you know, or you can take that anywhere from, like, you know, spilling on your shirt to, like, taking a big old drink of, a pop and then like choking on it because it went down the wrong way <laughs> suddenly realizing that that gas bubble's got to go out somewhere yeah or you make a faux pas by calling your other person whether it's a date or your spouse your significant your uh, ex's name i don't i don't think you, you've ever done that though, have you no you may have actually been online with somebody on the phone and gave your ex's Social security I was. number. You and I had been together like 15 years, or this was just a couple years ago. We've been together 20 years now, but I did. I started to fill out a form that was needed for medical something, and I put my ex's social security number and date of birth. And I was like, where did that come from after all these years? That is not that How number. Embarrassing. How about your first fight or making up? I, I'm sorry, but if you ever call me your ex, uh, there's going to be a fight. Yeah. Uh, how about and we have um, we have an addition we, we posted to social media earlier this week if anybody wanted to contribute and uh, an author friend of ours Virginia Babcock suggested how about when two people who love but live separate lives very interesting mm -hmm. that could be secret or non-secret or That's right. could be 
two ships in the night, if you've ever worked nights and the other person did not, in some ways you do have a separate life, but it's hopefully just contained to just work. True. That, that could even be with like long distance relationships. Maybe one is not willing to give up a career for the other, but they, they're in love with each other. They just have, maybe one has children, maybe one doesn't. You know, there's just, there's all kinds of reasons why they may never be able to be together, but it doesn't mean that they can't fall in love and have a relationship that way. So um, another thing is, um, I think she mentioned something about successfully being single too. And when we're talking about love, we're talking about love that is between two people, but I think it's just as important to love yourself. And there are some people that are single by choice and they've been able to make it work and are happy 100% of the time. And in my own personal opinion, I have everything it takes in our relationship to make me feel complete. So if my spouse, my hubby here, was not here, I would be one of those successfully single people because I won't ever settle again after having what I have now. So, Thank you. Yep. And... Oh, the other thing I think she mentioned too is blended families. And that would be, we're a yeah, perfect example of a kind of a mixed family too. Um, we don't have the traditional mixed family where you were married before and brought kids into the mix. Mm. I'm the one that had three children from a previous marriage and then so you were not even a, a parent before we met so I had zero lifetime experience of being married just maybe uh, a couple dates every now and then and definitely no children so you you became daddy-o right off the bat right off the bat pizza man that's right <laughs> and then we had two kids together too so we had a bl blended family of five but like I said, it wasn't from two families being mixed like the Brady Bunch. It was just all mine, yours, and ours. That's right. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. We're going to switch gears and go into the last segment called The Poor, titled Everlasting Love. Be right back. Hold tight. last segment we're coming to you with the poor we're going to talk about everlasting love mainly talking about old love and maybe about keeping the magic alive so what does it take to make love work in the long run a whole lot of patience 
I think is the probably the key. With a lot of extra spicy ingredients in between. Humor. Lots of humor, lots, lots of, of humor. ability to laugh. Uh, why is old love sweeter than young love? What, why do you think that? I think because it comes with experience and I mean we've had we've had some ups and downs in our relationship. We've been together for 20 years. Um, well, do you want to back it up a little bit? What was our what was our let's talk about young love for a minute, mister. What's our story? How uh, long have you loved me? 1985. <laughs> Walked into church and I had actually already knew her dad, but um when we were sitting around the table at a, an older couple's were um, Chris's dad was at sorry I just used her real name <laughs> Sadie <laughs> we got multiple names it don't matter you all know who we are anyways so I knew that this guy had a daughter and a son and they're about my age uh, she was a little bit older but I didn't care walk into church there's the dad and then lo and behold there's this angel in white with long light brown hair curly hair and I'm just like who are you and I think that night at home is when I probably wrote the love letter or was it shortly thereafter yeah I think it was maybe a well no it was because after I tutored you I helped you a little bit with your math one time and stood up for you somebody mm. else was bullying you and I think it was shortly well, after that's when that. it really started yeah I got like. the love note after that that said I was the prettiest girl in the world and he was going to marry me someday. Now, mind you, he was 11 and I was 16 and used to babysit him. Our our families were friends. Our parents Old were love. friends. So, 20 years later, we're still going strong. And like I said, I, I brought that that to the forefront just to say that we haven't always had it easy either. We've had some ups and downs. We've had a few hiccups. We even had a a brief separation for a while and I think all of our experiences good and bad led us to the point we are now and I think it old love teaches you the meaning of for better or for worse throws in some appreciative aspects in there too for yeah. when you do fall down and are able to get back up and sometimes you don't get back up you got to stay humbled for a while before you can really get back up and ie that means the doghouse you know, yeah. sometimes I hate to use that term because it's such an old, old stupid term. But you know what? Stuff happens. How about date night? Let's switch gears from doghouse to date night. Yep, I think it's important to, no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been together, to keep the flame alive, keep the magic alive, like you said. Reinitiate date night. What do you like in a good date night? Now, I yeah. like a. Oh, so the one of the ones you mentioned when you're first in love, you mentioned something about dinner at a fancy restaurant. That would not be, like, my top choice now. Mine would be, like... I like uh, the food from the fancy restaurant, but yeah. as long as it's good. But I'd rather go chill somewhere, somewhere with you in a corner and eat, like, blue sushi in a halfway darkened room and just sit there and talk, you know, just kind of more casual, a little bit more romantic and... Um, any kind of what kind of date nights have we had? I mean, we've done some <laughs> vlogging stuff too. So wandering around out in the country, our hot air balloon thing that we went to, yep. getting up and watching the sunrise and the hot air balloons. We were doing a vlogging event for Have Fate Will Travel, but it ended up being one of the 
I thought it was pretty romantic. It was a nice little. Hmm. It was a good change of pace. Unexpected date. So. We, we've gone to concerts before. Yeah. Um. We've kind of fallen short on the reinitiating date night just for lack of money and time and busyness and sometimes our date nights are putting podcasts together. <laughs> Obviously we're spending Valentine's Day doing a podcast for you guys. Um, some of our date nights are also like sitting down and writing. Yeah. So We, we have writing date nights. Which is okay. That's right because you know what through all of that um, you'll learn to fall in love again and again and if you build up a good love and after your the kids have left the nest whether you push them out or not uh, with any luck you haven't fallen out of love in the first place you've just nurtured your relationship through all those years and I know that sounds easier than it really is it's just it's not not by any means a walk in the park it's it's a lot of hard work a lot of as the real estate term goes sweat equity how about tear equity does that make sense? Is that a good term? Tier equity. So, yeah, there's, you know, if, if, if you want a relationship and you want to keep it, it's it's just one of those things that it's kind of like growing up, having a garden. You start with the soil, which, you know, could be your heart. You plant that seed of love, and then you nurture it with fertilizer and love and memories and laughter and maybe a sprinkling of the s-word or a whole, whole lot of the s-word yeah, some, yeah a lot of the s-word sometimes um laughter tears tears and you know tears sometimes could come from a show you're watching and while you're sitting there falling apart you look over at your spouse and it just kind of gives you a good reminder of you know where you're at now and how far you've come how far you've come and how things sometimes change the show this is us is very much one of those that kind of draws us together and that makes us look back at not only our past but where we're at now what we could do better for each other um, in that show the the husband is no longer around and watching her go through some of the things she goes through without him makes me even more thankful for you and Agreed. Initiative of what we have. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So to put a quick recap, this is a special Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2020 episode. And we've talked all about the makings of a good love story, whether it's written or it's watched or it's lived. Go get yourself some love and live your life with that love. And once you find that perfect love, hold on to him tight and never let him go. Hold on to her tight and never let him go. Find yourself a good love song and live it. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Go enjoy the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Baby, I'm amazed. <laughs> This has been a Craft of Cool podcast. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. We're going to try and do these every other week for now. The hotline, I'm just going to use that term because I like it, is 712-624-4541. Uh, be the first to call and help me figure out how this darn thing works. 
Uh, Give we us all your ideas, your thoughts, your your feelings. Let us know if you have any topics you want us to talk about. We also have an email, craftedquillpod at gmail.com. Drop us an email there. We're getting some social media set up. Um, also, in case you didn't hear it, uh, my wife and I are both authors. I'm Stephen St. Clair. And I'm Sadie K. Frazier. Go get yourself a good book, something to drink, and get, your, ch- up with the one you love. get your chill on. You guys have a good night. Crafted Quill Podcast. Out! Out. This has been a Crafted Quill Podcast, brought to you by a Traveling Hearts production.